0: I'm fully aware that there are people who won't go to that church because I'm in the pulpit. Okay. And I also oh. know, I also know that there's people that will go to the church because I'm in the pulpit. <laughs> there you go. Right. But people will have a visceral reaction to something. Mm. And and that to me is a moment where you pay attention and you go, "Wow, why am I feeling so strongly about this?" Mm.
1: Welcome everyone to episode five of the Lead Forward podcast. I'm your host, Dave Funk. Today, I'm really happy to bring you the second interview of the podcast where I get to sit down and have a Skype chat with a great leader. Our guest this week is Leanne McAllister. Leanne has been a part of episodes two and three as well as she sat in on the panel discussion with Cam Milliken and Derek Hamry. But today we get to just hear from Leanne. Now I wanted to have a very specific conversation with Leanne about women in ministry. She's a great female leader, and I wanted to pick her brain and understand where she's coming from and and, uh, what's going on in the ministry world. Now, there's been uh, a new emphasis in recent years in certain theological circles toward male-dominant leadership, but the tradition I'm a part of in the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada, uh, it's an egalitarian tradition, which means every office within the church is open to both male and female female leaders. Now, however, even there, it's not all that common to see women lead pastors or women pastors in general, even often women board members. So I wanted to talk to Leanne about what the church is missing out on when we don't empower women in ministry and how women and men together can be a part of changing this. Leanne is the kind of leader that you can't help but be challenged by. So listen up men and women alike to this conversation with Leanne McAllister. Alright, I'm on with Leanne McAllister. Leanne, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast today.
0: Thanks for having me. This is yeah, fun.
1: Right on. Well, you, you were actually uh, the first uh, second-time guest, I guess, because you were on the panel discussion on the turnaround stories with uh, Cam and Derek, and so we had you on... Yeah, age. yeah. So, uh, but it's nice to get uh, just your voice here. Those those loud guys that you were fighting with there, and uh, <laughs> but that was a great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm super super happy to have a chance to interview you. And why don't you just tell us a little bit? I mean, you are traveling all over the world. Uh, we actually had to reschedule so that you could get on a plane, right? So, tell me what what's going on in your life. What's what's uh, got Leanne's time these days?
0: Yeah. Well, um, I'm married to Darcy. I've been married to him for many years and uh, he and I both work with International Mission of the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada which is right. a huge. I uh, am coordinating Zoe Network, which is the women of the PAOC okay and what I'm doing in that role is networking with leaders all across Canada to kind of rally around two areas the first being mission, Mm-hmm. Connecting our, our constituency with our global workers and the work that we're doing around the world, right? Um, as well as like leadership development, discipleship. Um, you know, like like God is at work all around. You know, all across Canada through our network. And so, I have no interest in telling people how to do the ministry, but right. I have an interest in networking different leaders just to see. Uh, you know, just to spar off one another to to create opportunities and resources that are going to be helpful for okay. the body. That's
1: awesome. So specifically, you're trying to connect women, right?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And if you had told me that I'd be working with women, <laughs> <laughs> you know, even, I don't know, five, six, seven years ago, I yeah. would have laughed at you. It's just a great surprise because I had come from uh, pastoring at Living Waters mm-hmm. where I sp- as associate to Doug Smith for mm-hmm. about a decade and was really enjoying my life and yeah. enjoying what I'm doing. But, you know, God tends to tap us on the shoulder sure. and invite us into something that maybe we hadn't thought about before. Yeah. So I'm just getting like God has really grown my heart uh, and passion to see women uh, raised up as leaders and released into the big big mission of God Hmm. that's all around us in our neighborhoods in our cities and communities as well as around the globe um yeah so here I am
1: you know we want to talk a little bit about women in leadership and some of the challenges and even opposition to that in, in a little bit but why don't you dig in a little bit more give us some more specifics about uh, the Zoe network. Like what are you seeing happening? What are some of the connections that are being made globally with Canadian Pentecostal women?
0: Yeah. So it's, it's interesting because I, I travel with Darcy, um, in all of his international travel. And so I would go and I would see all this work that we were doing, um, as a family sending people around the globe. And then I would come back to Canada and talk with, girlfriends with, Mm. with leaders. I would speak at uh, Canadian PAOC conferences and realize that we had no idea of the story that we were involved with around the world. And it was like a kind of a disconnection point. And it's, I just remember the moment of saying, someone has to tell the story. Like I'll I'll never forget it. I remember uh, meeting with a leader and she was really excited because she had gotten, um, you know, had heard about this woman who was, um, manufacturing menstrual kits in Africa. And I looked at her and I said, you know, that that is one of our women. That's a POC woman that is doing that manufacturing in North Africa. It was like, really? And that's when I realized that, um, there were pockets of things, uh, that people were doing, All across the globe that we needed to know about so that we could leverage um, that in our network because it blows me away I'll I'll meet someone say in Ontario that's doing magnificent things and then I'll come back to BC and see people that are trying to replicate it and I, I my heart I'm like is there any way that we could you know make strategic connections for people so that they can, uh, the, so that we all can go, go farther. Okay. So yeah, through Zoe projects, we just give opportunities for women to give, okay. to be informed mm-hmm. about the issues of women around the world and yeah, just opportunities to get involved. Because if there's anything I know, it's that Canadian women care very much Yes. We don't always know how to get involved, and so through Zoe projects, we're able to say here okay this is this is us this is you know a tangible uh way that you can can get involved and right. so we work in human and sex trafficking uh education, economic empowerment, mm-hmm. as well as health initiatives, all with a heart for spiritual transformation awesome so, yeah there's just there's lots of stuff going on.
1: Yeah, I love it. And and I've done a little poking around, even just talking with you and having you present at our church, hearing more about it. It's it's very intriguing and amazing. What we'll do for any listeners is we'll we'll put a link to the Zoe Network uh in the show notes and and you can check it out mm-hmm. for yourself and, and get involved there. And there's stuff that you can bring to your local church as well. Why don't you describe some of the leadership development um stuff you're putting yeah. together?
0: So like I said before, like the two areas where it makes sense to network is mission as well as leadership right. development or discipleship. So when I was pastoring, minding my own business, <laughs> Leavenly, um, I would meet incredibly capable women. Mm. And I remember, you know, I, as a pastor, I would peg someone and say, this is what I see in you. This, this is, I, I'm wondering if God is wanting to use you in this way. I think people got scared of being <laughs> like making eye contact with me on a Sunday morning because I would meet all these girls and and it when I would speak it out, it would be like they were deer caught in the headlights. Like like that's not me. I'm not a leader. I, I'm willing to help. If if I had to hear one more woman say, I'm willing to help, I just don't want to lead, like I'll, right. I'll like lose it. But um so what I found was that um, women were not understanding who they were, mm. their gifts, their strengths. They weren't understanding what they were created for, and that is for mission okay. and to make God's. Yeah. And so I remember thinking, we have to raise leaders. We have to have them understand who they are. And so we just started playing at Living Waters with with curriculum, and I would have uh, girls come to my house um midweek and we just talk about leadership and and um it kind of evolved from there and has become what is now known as Zoe discipleship.
1: Okay.
0: So Zoe discipleship is all about having women recognize who they are, right. who God's created them specifically to be and then what purpose he has for them. Right. Um yeah, cuz what we what I have found is that there's a couple of stumbling blocks. Um, women don't understand their freedom to lead okay. as women. Right. They get kind of caught up on, you know, they don't want to overstep their boundaries and doesn't, you know, doesn't scripture say that, you know, there's restrictions on women, all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they get stumbled up on that and they also get... Um, they just have a lack of confidence. Okay. And so through our through our curriculum, we're just um, we're calling women to to their calling and who yeah, they are. Yeah. And we've just seen amazing things happen uh, at a local level in local churches where women really grab hold of that message and then are able to walk out in some pretty significant missional stuff.
1: Okay. So, I mean, you're obviously aware of, you know, uh, the new emphasis on Reformed theology and the new Calvinism and the emphasis there on male leadership and no women pastors. And how do you respond to that stuff? You know, other than violence, maybe. No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I tell you, if you're going to be a woman in leadership, you have to have a strong, strong call. Yeah. And I re, you know, I I received a call, the call, probably yeah. at the age of fourteen. Right. And um there have been times when I felt like a battering ram in terms mm. of like, oh, you know. Right. Um, so there needs to be that that real settledness that you have a call. Yeah. I also um recognize that um that sincere believers differ. Mm. on on this i won't get into um you know arguments with people or what have you right uh, i think it's very clear in scripture if you look at the creation accounts if you look at the outpouring on the holy spirit if you mm. look at scripture as a whole
1: right
0: god has used women he's always used women right and if, if you look at how jesus interacted with women I mean, that, that's huge. Some of the things that he did and how he included them um, radical in his day and age that we don't understand because, of course, we're reading scripture as Canadians. Right. Um, you know, it, it, to, like I can make a case for it. My problem that I have is that we all have pre understandings when it comes to women in leadership. Okay. So you'll have a visceral reaction. Like, like I, I still preach at Living Waters. Uh-huh. I'm fully aware that there are people who won't go to that church because I'm in the pulpit. Okay. And I, also, oh. I also know that there's people that will go to the church because I'm in the pulpit. <laughs> there you go. Right. But people will have a visceral reaction to something. Hmm. And, and that, to me, is a moment where you pay attention and you go, wow, why am I feeling so strongly about this? Hmm. Uh, all we've seen generally is men in leadership sure so we catch really you know masculine kind of feels to that and so when a woman uh stepped into that we we have that kind of reaction sometimes right and we let those pre-understandings become our guiding force and our beliefs about Mm -hmm. it so what i what i struggle with is when people don't do the theological work around this issue right and so I just invite people, listen, do the work, mm. do the work and, and then, and then be free to, to, you know, you know, make, make your conclusions or, or what you're sure, going to say. If you've at that. least
1: studied and you have a case to present, then, then, you know, that that's other, that's different than just having an emotional reaction. But, but I think your point, you know, around. Our preconceived ideas. We get socialized in culture and in church in a lot of ways, and and I I don't mean to take over, you know, the conversation, but just a story. My my son a couple years ago. I don't know if I told you this story. You'll hopefully you'll laugh. But a couple years ago, we were reading a book, myself and and him and his little sister, and and it was about vocations, and it was talking about different vocations, and it was you know, a gender inclusive kind of, kind of look. And, and so I asked both of them, what do you guys want to be when you grow up? Right. And, and our daughter, Emmeline uh, said something, I can't remember, police officer or something. And, and Ruben says, Emmy, you can't work. You're not a man. And I just, I, I almost barfed because, because (laughs) I, I haven't, I have not taught you this, but then I realized that the model in his home is that his mother has chosen to stay home to, help be with the kids and dad works. And then most of his friends' homes are exactly the same way. So he's learning even without us teaching him, but we need to recognize that everything we do is teaching people and setting an example and socializing people to understand the role of men and women in God's kingdom. Right. So. Well, yeah. <laughs>
0: and it's interesting, like, Cause I know Rebecca's at home and I, and I'm like, that's fabulous. I yeah. have to stay at home for 12 years. Yeah. Like if I wouldn't have, that, that was a choice that Darcy and I made. And mm. here's the thing. Like my femininity is a gift to the body.
1: Right. That's so when good.
0: I lead out of my femininity, yeah. I pastor out of my femininity. When I, um, when I preach out of my femininity, that's mm. a gift to the body.
1: Wow, yeah.
0: Because we, we tend to think, um, like I remember when I was first starting out, in pastoral ministry, like kind of on my own. Uh, cause Darcy and I've always partnered, um, yeah. through the whole 30 years we've been together. Um, but I remember almost minimizing my femininity thinking, thinking that it was a liability. Oh, wow. Yeah. Thinking, okay. So for example, so when I preach, I'm going to preach out of my experience. Mm. Well, Dave, my experience is very different than you. I've, I've birthed three kids. Can you say right?
1: <laughs> I have done nothing anywhere close to doing that. And I'll never try to say
0: that. <laughs> your, your experience is different. And yes. see, as, as communicators of the gospel, we take the gospel and it comes through our personalities. It comes through our experience. And it's just it just adds to the richness. Hmm. So I, I used to think I had to minimize my my femininity because it was a liability. I remember thinking, I'm super sensitive, and I would I would um, I'm kind of embarrassed. I've I'm, I've kind of hardened up over the years, but I used to cry <laughs> easily okay. in uh, in team settings, and I go, Oh yeah, you're such a you know get it together or whatever, right. but. But my, my femininity, my sensitivity could pick up on things in the room that my male colleagues just sure, yeah. over their heads. Yeah. And so how do we actually – so, see, See, so you're not my enemy, Dave. Right. Like not, none of my brothers are my enemy. Like like I, this is not about, you know, women rising. So, you know. The, yeah, sure, sure. You know, it, it's, it's – we're on the same team and That's how right. do we actually – appreciate and, um, give voice and expression to the full expression of God. See, when we think of, even if we think of image bearing, Mm. you know, I've always thought, wow, like you go to the creation story and like Adam's the image bearer and then oh, he needs a little helper. Well, let's, let's invite Eve along. And she's, she's somehow secondary, but but here's the thing together male and female they show who God is. Sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And
0: so and so when you have males and females leading together yes. and it's not a competition and it it's not this is what I love about leading with my husband. Mm. Because because if there's no competition if there's no sense of striving and and there's peace there and you're actually just a uh, going on from strength to strength yeah. borrowing one another oh my goodness yes yeah.
1: so well, when i can attest it. from from the times that i've spent with you and 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 uh seen you guys lead together it's an amazing combination and you guys have really unlocked that and uh there is no competition there's you know there's the friendly fun there's the you know there there's all that good stuff uh and i oh, love when you guys i love when you guys <laughs> preach together yeah you heckle or whatever it is but but the team, the teamwork, and the the dynamic there is unbelievable, and and you can see um, from the outside that it's only strengthened your marriage, you know, um, yeah. to have that equality in your work as well.
0: See, I don't like. There's no model, right? In ministries, yeah. So, like, even even in Zoe discipleship and the the curriculum that we're doing, like. Like, I'm, to, I'm just being faithful to God with the gifts of these places, you know, mm. in my life and where I'm at. But I'm not a model for what it looks like. Right. See, God's far more creative than that. So, sometimes, you know, if people see Darcy and I ministering together going, oh, that's what you, it looks like to pastor a church. Right. No.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's, you know, like, I mean, it could, it's funny when D- Darcy and I were talking recently about if we would ever pastor together and i said well well you'd be lead right and he goes why (laughs) why don't i be your associate right like there's no model there's no one size fits all right right as soon as we do a model i i think that that kind of intimidates people and makes them feel like they're less than Hmm. and our job is to understand what god's placed in us yeah how we can develop that who he's placed us with, and then just leverage that for all it's worth. Right. That's fantastic. Can, can we get a little nitty gritty
1: on, on some of the passages? I mean, you can think of the examples of like first Timothy two, first Corinthians 14, about some would say that these say no women leaders, no women preachers. Obviously you don't believe that that's what they say. Um, what, how, how do you deal with those?
0: well, Whenever you look at scripture, you need to look at context. You need to look at history. You need to what to look at what the original writer was saying to the original hearers. Mm. And so, you know, some of those passages like "women be silent in the church." What was going on in the church right. at that point? Yeah, I mean, you know, in when you think about what was happening in the early church, women had been silenced, right? Like, right. okay, the what are the sexes? I mean, this is not new. Uh, there has been a marginalization of women since the very beginning, yeah. since the fall of man. Yeah. And I actually think the gospel at its core speaks to the value, worth, dignity of the daughters. Like it yes. got, the gospel is such good news for people. So yeah. when Jesus comes and starts his new kingdom, suddenly women who were uneducated were invited to become mm. educated. Like mm-hmm. were welcomed at the table. And, you know, I mean, particularly in the passage about women being silent. I mean, I, I think that I think some women were getting out of hand and going, <laughs> oh, we're loving our freedom. So you know, here I am being the bossy pants of whatever. Yeah, And so. Like, you have to take the lens back hmm. and look at the whole of scripture, look at the meta narrative of right. it all.
1: Right.
0: And. uh yeah, I mean, you, you, those those passages you you have to do due diligence yeah. and and take a look at for sure. Yeah. Um, but when you look at the whole, right, it tells a different story. Absolutely.
1: You know, N. T. Wright has a great lecture that maybe you've you've seen um, on those passages. Uh, I, I also remember at, at our national conference in Montreal last year, I'm I'm forgetting the speaker's name, but he had a great line. He just said, you know, you can't oh, let. Either. Yeah, you can't let the silence passages quiet the preponderance of Scripture. Because as you said earlier in our discussion, I mean, you read front to back, cover to cover, and you just see good news for women, women being used by God in powerful and amazing ways. And uh, as the Holy Spirit falls, you know, men and women giving this equal standing with God and direct relationship, direct calling, direct empowerment of the Holy Spirit— Um, and so, yeah, you get these couple of verses that seem to contradict the whole Bible and you're going to go with the couple of verses. You might want to dig a little bit deeper, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's amazing. Do you have those conversations a lot with people? Do you find yourself having to defend your position often or is, are you, are you feeling that? No, no?
0: I'm almost 50. I don't care anymore. (laughs) 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 No, I don't really, um, No, I let my life speak. Right. Um, I lead, and uh, I let my life speak. Right. And I'll actually, uh, if any conversations I have, it'll be with young women. Okay. That are conflicted about it. Mm. Um. And it's it's interesting. Even like in our Bible colleges, sometimes like you'll you'll see this. Uh, you'll see. And I don't know if this is true anymore, but a few years ago women starting out in pastoral theology like in that program and then slowly they would lose and lose and lose uh from that program and they'd switch over to counseling or different things you know it it's it's an issue that i think we need to look at as a fellowship of Mm. how to encourage and empower women to um to lead. Mm. You know, like when when I when I look back, I had no role models. Right. Like I, I didn't have anyone that I could look at and go, that's what I want to do. Because because mm. I wanted to be a wife and a mom. Sure. I wanted to uh I wanted to be a girl. I wanted <laughs> to be feminine, but I also felt this strong pastoral call. Mm. I don't have a call to women, I don't have a call to children, thank the good Lord. <laughs> my counseling skills consist of seriously, you need to get your stuff together. Like
1: (laughs) the gift of mercy
0: and abundance. (laughs) Mercy is so low for me. I'm an exhorter. I'm I'm called to preach the word. I'm, I'm called to both men and women. And so, and so what do we do with those, with those women who don't fit kind of the mold Hmm. and, and how do we, How do we make sure that they have, have the support they need in order
1: to, to do well and move forward? So what will it take for us to empower more women in the local church and other areas of Christian leadership? Like, what are we missing? What are we forgetting? What are we not doing that we, we can help with?
0: Well, the biggest thing is men entering this issue. Okay. Huge like, you know, I, I've been talking about some of these things for probably over a decade now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, lots of times I'll be like at a at the women's stream at a conference talking about this. Okay. <laughs> and it's like I'm preaching to the choir and yeah. everyone's like going, oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I'm yeah. like, this, this isn't a women's issue. Mm. This is a community issue. Right. Uh, you know, and people would say to me, you know, Leanne, it's not a prior, primary issue. It's a secondary issue. I used to buy that for a while, but I'm not so sure anymore hmm. because if if you are kind of silencing or tying tying the hands behind half the church's back, yeah like just think of that strategically, think of that like you know yeah. it, that makes no sense yeah. um and so. I actually think that this is a primary issue that we're dealing with as a fellowship right now. Mm. Um, so yeah, men need to enter the waters. Um, my greatest advocates are men. Wow. Uh, like, yeah, they they, they need to, um, to champion and just go for it in terms of encouraging women. My husband Darcy is just amazing at this. Yeah. he, he, um he will always uh have women on his team and and is a great champion of it. Yeah. Another thing we can do is just acknowledge the tension that women live in. Okay. Re- I remember speaking at an ordination retreat probably 5 years ago. And um at the end of it and I they had asked me to tell me tell my story as a woman in leadership and I talked about some of the hard times. And I said, at, at the end, I'm like, okay, what I want you to do is get into mixed groups, men and women. And brothers, I want you to ask the sisters what it feels like to be them as a woman in leadership. Wow. And uh, brothers, don't, don't interrupt. Don't, you know, don't just listen. And when they're finished, say, tell me more. <laughs> and I looked around. I looked around at the, at the group and there was like, there was weeping mm. and, and young women said, no one's ever asked me what it's like to be me. Mm. No one has, ever, you know, and so just that gift of being seen and understood Yeah. because as a woman, uh, leading in kind of more of a male kind of whatever, yeah. Like so many times I'm the only woman in the room when I was pastoring right um, you know, even the imbalance of power right what, what does it feel like as a woman to walk into a room where there's ten men sitting mm. around a table? Mm. So those are the kinds of things that we need to really kind of di- dial into and you know tell us about that and and how can we make it? more comfortable how can we make it more conducive right. um that that goes a long way just listening wow
1: um, you know um the word feminism gets thrown around a lot and it's it's attached to a lot of different meanings uh and so you know i think one one meaning could be just the the desire and the advocacy toward equality for women um mm-hmm. but i think a lot of men are hesitant to use that word for themselves. Um, what do you say to that? Is that a word that you think should be used? Is there a different way to describe this?
0: <laughs> well, words, words are powerful and yeah. words are low, right? Yeah. So I, I actually, I don't, I mean, I guess this is fairly public, right? This pub, podcast. Yeah, so are out like there. Four people that are going to listen. There's to
1: at it. least five, I think. Yeah.
0: <laughs> My, I might listen to it. So you put down, <laughs>
1: good.
0: Um, it, it's, it's a word that I don't use a lot okay. because of, of what it's attached, what what um is attached to it. Um but yeah, in terms of equality, um I think it is a word that that kind of describes but when we look at feminism, even when we look at the first wave of feminism feminism in Canada, who were uh, those ladies? I don't know. Those were all ladies of faith. Wow, really right? Yes, and then the second wave came in, and the okay. you know the the you know feminists wanted to. I didn't to, know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Look at our history; it's amazing. So then, what happened was, uh, you know, the second wave uh, pitted men against women. Right. Wow. Okay. So, yeah. so instead of seeing us as this blessed alliance, mm. which is how Carolyn Custis James. Uh, describes it the blessed of alliance of both men and women it became pitted against each other and so I think when that happened yeah uh, the church kind of pushed back and said um and said no Hmm. women go back to your homes (laughs) (laughs) you look at our you look at our history Uh and uh, We had some rockin' women doing some amazing things and but in the fifties and sixties they were told to go back home. Hmm. And then the um, the vision for what what it meant to be a Christian woman really was diminished. Right? Yeah, yeah. Go back to your homes, hearth and home, that kind of thing. So yeah, I don't know. I just I I think that men hold a huge key in championing women and opening doors for them that, that they can't open themselves.
1: So is it, you know, first step, listen, is that what you're saying? First step is to listen, understand.
0: And be in relationship with, with, uh, with women. Right. Like things, things like, and stuff that we don't really think about. I mean, like the old boys club. Mm. Right. Right. So, you know, stuff, like, like, how do we include women in the con- in, in the conversation? How, how do we, when, you know, men bond over certain, certain yeah. things, lots of times men will say, oh, I can't have an uh, associate that's a woman, right? Right. You know, if men and women, you know, are going to work together, surely they're sleep, they'll sleep together, right? right. Like, <laughs> like, we make these big, and so, so suddenly women, women can't
1: yeah yeah
0: it's all off and limits for because
1: them. because i have an issue with temptation you don't get to live out your calling
0: yeah and i mean let's be sensible about how we work together of course but but don't close the door
1: yeah right right
0: yeah so i think listening creating opportunities um you know one of sponsorship like that's huge and that would be more in corporate settings what, what do you um, mean sponsorship it's almost like mentoring so in okay. the business world like like cheryl sandberg from facebook yeah yep. she wrote the plane in
1: yeah
0: and she credits the success she's had based on an early sponsorship of um A man in business that saw who she was, saw her gifts and her skills, and then took her on and and developed her and helped make an avenue. So we'll we'll do that with with young men within our fellowship. But we don't tend to do that with younger women. Mm. So giving giving meaningful, meaty opportunities. Yeah. um, Yeah. And at the end of the day, women just need to go for it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, just take a risk. Like you, yeah. And if, you know, if you're feeling like you need to, uh, if you're here for affirmation and recognition, mm. all that kind of stuff, and you need all of that to, to go for it, right. <laughs> you're going to go for it. Right. And if you look at our, our spiritual mamas mm. whose shoulders we stood on, like I think of Bernice Gerard. Yep. She didn't spend a lot of time asking permission or thinking, <laughs> you know, "Am I free to leave?" Yeah. She just went for it. Yeah. And so at the end of the day, that that's that's what us girls need to do as well. Fantastic.
1: If you could give one last bit of encouragement, maybe one something for girls who are listening and something for the men who are listening, what would, what would you say?
0: Uh, men champion women. Hmm. Uh, Look at your pre-understandings, what what you feel about women in leadership, and and look at that. And ask the Holy Spirit to, um, yeah, to convict you if there's ways that you're limiting women and that maybe you're not even aware of. Um, Yeah, make a way for women. And then, uh, ladies, I would say, prepare yourself. Be good leaders. Um, you know, Learn all that you can. Um, be very, very good at what you do. And then just go for it. And uh, bring other women along with you. Because with women, there's only so much pie. This is how I describe it. <laughs> In terms of ministry, there's only so much of this that's allowed for women. Mm. And so women all tend to fight over the pie. Mm. but in the kingdom of god there is pie everywhere god is at work everywhere and needs all hands on deck and so just go for it sounds
1: awesome and delicious actually
0: (laughs) i kind of feel like pie right now (laughs) i
1: do oh that's a great place to wrap up leanne thank you so much if people want to connect with you more where can they find you social media web where, where do they go
0: so, uh, you can go to our website, zoenetwork.ca. Uh, you can, I was going to say, follow me on Twitter, but I never tweet. So that would be a very lonely existence for you. But uh, yeah, you can find us on Facebook. You can find me on Facebook Okay. and uh, yeah, if you're at all interested in what I've said, um, I would love to talk more. Right on.
1: Thank you so much, Leanne McAllister. It's been an honor to have this time with you. I've learned a ton, and I'm sure you've encouraged a lot of leaders today. Thank you so much. Thanks, Dave. Well, that's it for now from Leanne McAllister, but, uh, I am always encouraged and challenged whenever I get a chance to hang out with or talk with Leanne. And so I so appreciate, um, her taking the time to be on the podcast with us today. Uh, thank you so much for listening in to episode five of the lead forward podcast. Uh, we will have another episode for you two weeks today and hope you listen into that as well. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do so. Just hit subscribe on iTunes. Uh, so that way the podcast just goes directly to your devices and you can listen in anytime. Tell a friend, let someone else know, share it on social media just to get the word out there. I hope you enjoyed episode five of the Lead Forward podcast. We will see you next time.